In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, dear Zion, and most especially, dear David and Monica, grace, mercy, and peace be yours. From God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ, this day, the day of your wedding. Amen. Before I go on any further, it would be unwise of me not to address the current situation that we're in. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to address it. We are in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Everything is shut down and stores and sports and theme parks and churches and so on. Two weeks ago, nobody even had an idea that this is what life would look like today. And yet it does. Around 350,000 weddings and receptions were supposed to take place in April and May. And now they've been canceled. Hundreds and thousands of couples were going to come together to tie the knot, so to speak, to celebrate after years of waiting months of saving money, discussing, picking colors, vendors, and food, and planning the day together. And now for so many, it has come to a screeching halt. And here we are. There are less than 10 of us here in church for this wedding. There are more online and more watching and listening, but only 10 here, less than 10 here. And for this, I commend you. I didn't suggest this to you or coerce you to do it. This came from you, from both of you. And that is amazing. <laughs> I am very proud. This the, the fact that you are going ahead with the wedding in the midst of the pandemic and crisis is admirable. It is living proof that you care more about each other, about your life together and being married th than you do about a single day of a party or a celebration or a reception. You care more about receiving God's blessing upon you than you do about the details, the cake, the music or the food. You have set your eyes on things above. Thanks be to God. That is faith. And that is beautiful. In fact, I would argue that this makes the day more significant, <laughs> more memorable. Because people oftentimes get caught up in the details of the wedding. Many are caught up in how something is supposed to look, how it's supposed to sound, who showed up, who's sitting where, uh, whether someone does this or that, how somebody looked at the other person, what gifts to bring, how much money they're going to get. They lose sight of the entire reason that they're getting together. Uh, weddings are not about the flowers, the dancing, the food, or the music. Weddings are about God taking a single lonely man and turning him into a husband and taking a beautiful woman and turning her into a wife. That is what the day is about. And with all of the ornaments and bells and lights taken away, we see very clearly what this is truly about. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, it's nice to have these things. It's nice to have a celebration. And I pray we do another day. Everything that lines up so nicely, this is great. But that is not the point of it all. The point is what God is doing for you. In all of this, you see how God is doing something extraordinary through just an ordinary day, an ordinary service. All right. Now, to get into the sermon, (laughs) Uh, keeping that in mind, I want to make two points. The first point is this. David and Monica, God is the one doing this today. That's it. (laughs) He is the one performing your wedding. He is the officiant. It's not me. It is not the state. It's not even you two who are doing anything here today. God is doing something. He is here and he is doing something. The Lord says what uh, the Lord Jesus said in in the reading, as you heard, what God himself has joined together. Let no man put asunder. What uh, who's doing the joining? God. God is doing the joining. This is his work, and this is his work for you to, again. The truth is, you two have made many choices in your life. You chose to meet each other. You chose to talk. You chose to go on a date, and then another one, and continue to do that. You chose to visit each other. You chose to fly down. You chose to fly up to get gifts for one another. You chose to text each other. You chose to talk about God to one another. You chose to have deep theological conversations with one another. David, you chose to propose to your life, to Monica, on the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) You made hundreds of choices leading up to this day. And you could have made any choice, any other choice you wanted. And so it seems to us, to everyone listening, even to our families, and even to you, David and Monica, that it seems like you are making the decision, making this choice once again to be married. But this is simply the way God works and does things. He works through ordinary ways to accomplish his will. He's just using human mechanisms and means to do what he has already decided in eternity, in his mind. Your wedding was not a surprise to the Lord. David, to some degree, you surprised Monica by asking her to marry you. And you, David, were probably more surprised when she said yes, right? (laughs) And your friends and your families were surprised. We were all surprised. But God was not surprised. In fact, I was surprised when you decided to move up the wedding to today. (laughs) But God was not. He always knew that your wedding would be right now. Today, in this moment, he knew it because it was his plan, his design, 
his intention when he created you. You're both the only yous to exist ever in the history of the world. Never a you before, never a you again. David is the only David in the world. No one else will ever be like him. Monica is the only Monica in the world. No one else will ever be like her. God could have placed you in another country, in another era, another a thousand years before, a thousand years after, but he didn't because this was his plan. It has always been his plan from the foundation of the world. He has set up your lives every single step of the way that through your choices, he was making his choice. Through every decision you have made in your lives, God accomplished his decision. And today, this day, God is joining you together. Today, you finally get to see what God had in mind the entire time. God joins you together. And this is so good. This is so good because this means that you don't ever have to wonder or look around or imagine in your heart if you made the right decision today or not. You don't have to worry yourself or question yourself saying, look, did, did, I, did I do the right thing? Is this what I was supposed to do? Are you the person I'm supposed to marry? You, you can rest finally at last from every single one of these thoughts forever because right now you are exactly where the Lord wants you to be. And this is his pleasing and his goodwill. If you ask me, I think you made the right decision. <laughs> I think you chose wonderfully. David, you know how to pick a bride. And Monica, you know exactly how to find a husband. So I think, my opinion is that this is wonderful, that this is good, this is perfect. But you don't need my opinion. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You don't need anyone else's opinion either. In fact, you don't even need your own opinion. Because you have God's opinion right now. And he says, this is good. That is the only opinion that matters right now and that will ever matter your entire marriage. That's the first point. God has joined you together. This is his work. The second point is this. Marriage is good. It naturally follows from the first point. Of course, if God made something, then by default, it's going to be good. Now, it sounds elementary, and I guess it sort of is. But the truth is that I'm asserting something that the world is not preaching or saying. The world will teach you that marriage is not desirable. You hear people say, I'm never getting married or marriage is just a piece of paper or something like that. You see shows and books and movies all mock marriage, something uh, showing how stupid the husband is, how awful and bitter the wife is. You see half of all marriages end in divorce. You see young people wait longer and longer to get married. You see young people live together and not get married. You see them play house, pretend to do everything that a married couple does, except commit except make a promise. You see them live together out of convenience and not commitment, out of an opportunity and not a promise. And you can imagine, just imagine how sad 
they must be. Every morning, they wake up next to each other wondering, is this worth it? Is this the person I should live with? Maybe there's another. Does he love me? Why is he afraid? Why is he so afraid to commit to me? Why, uh, uh, why won't he be a man and just propose and marry me? Why doesn't she want to get married? What's, what's going on here? They're plagued by these questions every single day of the relationship and so forth. And most of these marriages begin with an ultimatum. Propose to me or I break it off. Very, very bad way to start. And this is bad. Living together before marriage is bad. Thinking that life is better when you were single is bad. Mocking marriage and preventing yourself from having the children God wants to bless you with is bad. This is all bad. But marriage, marriage is good. God created it. And it is a blessing. And you are beginning your life together with a great loyalty. The loyalty similar to what Ruth had for Naomi. Listen to the words of Holy Scripture here. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 15, it says, And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Don't urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. It is with that loyalty and commitment that you're beginning your marriage. That is what you are vowing to each other. And the devil attacks it. And the devil attacks because precisely because it's a blessing, because it's good. In fact, if you want to find out if something is good and wonderful from God, just look and see if the devil is attacking it. Does the devil attack your pastor? Probably have a good pastor. Does the devil attack your church? You have a good church. If the devil attacks marriage, it's because it's good. If you want to know if it is good, look around and see how the world mocks and despises and threatens and derides marriage. But you see in this that God is giving you a good thing. The devil knows this. But God will not only give you this gift, he will also give you the strength to remain married, the ability to endure every temptation and overcome them if you just rely on him. Today, he is not only marrying you, but he is transforming you into a husband and a wife. And today, he gives you everything you need to be happily married for the rest of your lives. He has given you the one thing that you need to be married, the one thing you need to overcome every temptation, the one thing you need to overcome and withstand every attack from the devil, the one thing you need to heal all of your wounds, the wounds that you will cause one another. He has given you the one thing that will save your marriage when it gets hard, when finances dwindle, when trouble rushes in, and when your marriage hits rock bottom. The one thing he has given you here today is the one thing you need, and that is 
is his word, specifically the forgiveness that he gives you in Christ. That is all you need, and it's what you have. In marriage, you will never be alone. Because it's not just the two of you, but the Lord who is with you, blessing you, supporting you, forgiving you every step of the way. Right now, the Lord Jesus is joining you together, and he's joining himself to you, and he gives you the forgiveness of all of your sins that he won for you on the cross. He is now with you in your marriage, there to wipe away every tear with his nail-pierced hands. He is giving you the tears in his eyes, the sweat of his brow, the blood in his veins to forgive you all of your sins and to give you the strength to forgive and pronounce and announce and declare that forgiveness to one another. There will be a lot of sin under your roof when the days come. But thanks be to God, there will be more forgiveness under that roof because the Lord is with you. You may fall seven times, but the Lord will lift you up again. His forgiveness will deepen your love for one another. It will strengthen you and give you everything you lack. The forgiveness he gives isn't for some things or little things. It is for everything. His forgiveness is complete. It is certain. It is sure. It will not fail you. It will not disappoint you. The forgiveness of Christ forgives anything and everything. And he places this forgiveness into your mouths to speak and to forgive one another. So there is not one sin in your marriage that the Lord has not already forgiven. And that means there is not one thing you can do, not one thing you can do to one another, not one thing that can ever be done, not one thing that can ever undo the Lord's forgiveness and his love and his compassion and his grace and his mercy to you right now. There is not one thing that the forgiveness of Jesus will not get you through. There's not one thing, one trouble, any poverty, no sickness, no death, no anything that the forgiveness of Jesus will not give you joy in the midst of and peace that surpasses all understanding. So it's on this forgiveness that you build your marriage and your life together you build your life upon this and you will make it you cling tightly to the word to the gospel to the forgiveness of christ and you will and you are building on a firm foundation that will not be shaken david and monica everything changes today david you are no longer just a man, you will be a husband. Monica, you are no longer just a woman. God is making you into a wife. You are no longer alone. You have each other to have and to hold. And today, your eyes get to see what God has planned all along, what he had in mind. And you get to see how good it is. You see how beautiful marriage is going to be. Jesus won your salvation. Jesus brought you together. Jesus fills you with good things. So enjoy your marriage. Enjoy your life 
together. Enjoy everything. And may God grant you to be happy, to be joyful, and may he fill your home with many, many children according to his good and gracious will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.